All right, I got my man Alex back for Processing Blue this week. How you doing, Alex? Langston, I am great. I'm so happy to be with you. Dude, it's cold. You got on a sweatshirt. I have on a sweatshirt. I'm drinking hot tea. It's a little, little chilly. Well, you know that I also wear sweatshirts in like 90 degree weather. Oh, that's true. I don't, but it's a little chilly. I do. I do like the aesthetic as it comes through on the many people who are watching this on YouTube. I do like the aesthetic of, oh, he's casual. I got the pen in the ear. You know, he's a working that's, man, that's like but he's your, also casual. That's like your trademark, the pen in the ear is your, is your trademark. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I got to take you back to Detroit, unfortunately. Um, you, were there, <laughs> you were there in person. Uh, Bryce Young threw a couple touch, threw three touchdown passes, but the bulk of his damage was done when the game was over. Assess Bryce Young's performance for you. I think that's ultimately the headline, Langston, that he showed his improvement and he showed that he can make these chunk plays, these elusive chunk plays that Panthers fans have been clamoring for all season. He -hmm. can do that when the game is kind of out of hand. That's, (laughs) that's at least what happened in Detroit. That's not Um, exactly heartwarming. uh, Well, I mean, yes, but also at least they happened and at least they came at some point. He was also spreading the ball around pretty well. All three touchdown passes were to different receivers. Tommy Tremble caught the first one. DJ Chark the second and Adam Thielen the third. Um, yeah, which is good. It's good to get the tight ends involved in the passing game. It, unfortunately, it wasn't Hayden Hurst like the team wanted uh, him. To, he, they were really touting Hayden Hurst to be this like linchpin and fixture of this offense this year. And that hasn't necessarily come to fruition. But I mean, if you want to just look at his season stats through the through the four games that he's played of the five, 63.9% completion percentage, so that's 92 of 144. 750 passing yards, five touchdowns. Wait, he's four. not averaging 200 yards a game? He is not quite averaging 200 yards a game. Oh, no. my goodness. Uh, that's not what you want in your number one draft. Five touchdowns, four interceptions, and he's taken 12 sacks. So if you look at that line, it is not very good, and I think if you – translate it this isn't the this isn't the start to the Bryce Young era that Panthers fans were I will say a lot of former number one draft picks have had similar bad starts and you know maybe we need to pump the brakes just a little bit on Bryce um his receivers aren't getting open there's a lot of injuries on the offensive line there's a lot of mitigating factors that I think also hurt but then seeing his backup come in and do so well against Seattle I don't know it it at least to some questions for sure. Definitely. And it's also difficult too, because so much of this fan base was brought on while Cam Newton was here. And yeah. Cam had probably the, the best start as a rookie. Back to back 40 yard games. In, in recent memory. I mean, he was just throwing it at, he was breaking records. The, he broke his own record in his second start uh, yeah. for uh, franchise passing yards, if I have that correctly. So this was not the start that Panthers fans were hoping for for Bryce Young, but like you said, he like hasn't had all the skill positions, skill position players around him, healthy that yeah. uh, a, a rookie quarterback kind of needs. And also, yeah. of course, the offensive line is injured. And as you're about to talk about, probably that the offensive line depth uh, won't get any deeper next week against the Dolphins. Well, one thing I did want to talk about relative to the offense is the lack of a running game. I know they were 23 for 99 the other day, but it wasn't impactful rushing, and it doesn't help create play-action passes. It doesn't take the pressure. I was like a jab in boxing. You need to get a running game. 
Um, Chuba Howard had more carries than Miles Sanders. Does that say anything to you? I think it does. And I don't think, I think it would be wise to kind of look at that. So Chuba Hubbard had nine carries uh, against the Lions. Miles Sanders only had seven. Miles still notched the start. Same thing happened the week before with Ch- with Chuba having more uh, carries than Miles. And of course, it n- didn't necessarily lead to any difference. Chuba mm-hmm. had nine carries on, for 35 yards and yeah. Miles seven carries for 32 yards. And neither uh, crested 10 yards for either of their uh, largest plays. The big issue was Miles Sanders had that fumble which was really difficult for this team because if you do remember all the way back when the Panthers had a chance to win that Lions game, it was uh, it was early in the game, but they had the ball. Driving. Four, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They had the ball 14-7. Uh, to seven. Mm-hmm. Um, They were down a touchdown. They had just drove down, and Bryce Fult looked really good. And then hand the ball off, Miles Sanders fumble. That leads to a Lions quick score. And then the very next offensive play, Bryce throws it into double coverage, and mm-hmm. that's intercepted. And then the Lions score uh, shortly after. All of a sudden, you're down 21 points, and the game is over. So th- these turnovers are – it's unfair to say that the turnovers have completely wrecked this season. I think the Panthers have a whole bunch of issues. But it's just difficult when on top of you know these inefficiencies – you're also turning the ball over. You're also having pre-snap penalties. You're also, you know, whatever. Um, that that if you add all that up, it's an 0-5 start. Yeah, they don't have much room for error. That's for yeah. certain. Um, <laughs> you wrote about Chandler Zavala, the NC State rookie who went down uh, with an injury, uh, very scary. Both teams taking a knee, taken to the hospital. Can you can you give uh, folks an idea what happened and what you know now? Yeah, well, from my view in the press box, I did not so. We were up quite high. Bryce Young hands the ball off to Chuba. It was a. It was originally designed for a run on the left side. That kind of broke down, so Chuba uh, cut back and started running right. Mm-hmm. And then you know uh, uh, he runs into the line. You know uh, people pile on each other and it's done. And then you just see this one offensive lineman laying motionless. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the Lions fans were excited initially about like a good run stop. And then the entire place went quiet and it was difficult because we didn't, we couldn't really see what was happening. The only thing that we could see was that he wasn't moving. We later learned that, um, he, uh, like a minute or so after he was down there, uh, he was talking, he was mm. communicating with the medical staff and the med- and the medical staff had like 12 people coming out. Um, he was, so he was communicating with them and then he was also able to move his arm. Frank Reich said, yeah, we saw him give us a thumbs up on the way out on the, the yeah. Yeah. And so then he got in, he got turned on his back and then got lifted out of the cart and gave a thumbs up. It was really scary. They ultimately said that it was what, um, football players call a stinger or a pinched Mm -hmm. nerve. Mm -hmm. And, um, and in fact, he, he went to a local hospital and then he actually flew home with the team. He wasn't available for um, media on Monday, but that doesn't, that's not necessarily unusual for a player who was injured. And Frank Reich on Monday did leave the door open for him maybe playing on Sunday, which would be surprising. But I mean, like, I mean, I guess if he's good to go, he's good to go. It would just be a little, it would just be a bit jarring. But 
that's the latest that we have on him. Um, and as our columnist Scott Fowler wrote, it's kind of a reminder of how violent this game could be. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely is. Um, you wrote a story last week about potential trades the Panthers can make for wide receiver. I mean, we talked earlier about Bryce not having guys get open. Adam Thielen like, looks like he might be up for some awards at the end of the year the he's going. But uh, do you think the Panthers should make a trade, and, and who could they trade for? I think the to answer that question like head on, I don't think the, it is in the best interest for the Panthers to make a trade. I think – or for wide receivers specifically – and the reason why, it, and this is just from talking with, you know, not necessarily the front office will publicly say this, but just talking with people in the building, there are, you know, five to eight wide receivers in the league who can, who are considered elite, who okay. can upgrade an offense, who can move the needle, um, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of them who perhaps are on an expiring contract or perhaps are unhappy in their current situation, but what will it take to give up? What kind of assets do the Panthers have to kind of like get that guy? Mm-hmm. And will it ultimately move the needle? Those are the kind of questions that the Panthers front office are asking right now. A couple of guys that I wrote about who have been kind of like tossed around uh, among them, Jerry Judy, uh, mm-hmm. He is with the Denver Broncos. He's kind of the second-hand man to Cortland Sutton. Um, and he's having he's not having an amazing year statistics-wise, but he has a lot of potential. Um, you know, you can throw a, re- a legit um, elite guy, Devontae Adams, with the Los Angeles Raiders, or excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders, and he's the real deal, but he's also the – highest paid wide receiver perhaps of all time at least that's what it was when he signed his contract so there are real roadblocks in getting a wide receiver and when it comes to all the other things that the panthers have to address again offensive line depth specifically interior offensive line depth Mm -hmm. when it comes to uh you know figuring out the backfields who can run behind this offensive line when it comes to uh, you know, all the injuries that this defense is going through between Shaq Thompson going down for the year, J.C. Horn going down for the year, Dante Jackson missing the second half of last week and then being inactive all of this past week. There are a lot more other question marks to kind of discern. And then there are also question, there are also question marks about how to use the wide receivers that you got right now. Terrace Marshall had nine catches last week, a team high nine catches against. No, the not Vikings. last week, two weeks ago. Oh, excuse me. Right. Nine <laughs> catches against the Vikings. Last week, he got the DNPCD. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, that's exactly where I was going with it. A team high recept- in receptions against the Vikings and then didn't play against the Lions. And uh, Frank Reich later took the blame for that. I later uh, talked to um, Terrace himself and he was like, I don't know why I didn't play, essentially. So I don't really know with all these factors up in the air, I don't think that trading for a wide receiver is in the best interest of the the Panthers at this time, Mm -hmm. but that's Alex Zetlow's opinion. And that's Alex's opinion in talking to people. But of course, you know, some, a situation might arise, something might happen, but as of right now, I don't think it will. Let's talk about a team that has a lot of really good wide receivers, (laughs) the Dolphins. They lead the league in, in passing yards, rushing yards, I think they lead them lead in points. Um, you know, they average almost forty points a game. What do you think is going to happen on Sunday when Carolina goes rolling down there to Florida? 
Oh, you're talking about a result? I think this is a very safe... Um, unfo- I mean, things can happen in the NFL. Stuff like this happens every week. Mm-hmm. But I think the safe thing to say is that the Panthers will fall to 0-6 heading into the bye week. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins are just too explosive. They put up 70 against the Broncos. I mean, yeah. you got Jalen Waddell. You got Tyreek Hill. You got Tua. You got Tua, who has like become the poster child for Alabama quarterbacks. When a couple of years ago, you thought that he was going to be done with football. Yeah, done. Well, yeah. last year you thought he was going to be done yeah. health wise, and a couple of years ago you didn't. You thought he might like come in and sputter and like performance base be out of the league. And yeah. now, and now he is looking like Peyton Manning. He's looking like an MVP caliber player. And yeah, so, people saying that this offense is historic, and I just think about you just talked about all the injuries on the Panthers defense. This is kind of on paper setting up to be something not too good for Panther fans. Yeah, of course. All this said, the Panthers are actually decent in passing defense. A lot of that has to do, of course, that the Panthers are playing from behind a lot, so the right. teams are like running the and ball and the game that way. That way, but they are decent against passing defense. Held Kirk Cousins, who was absolutely surging at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. was leading the league in passing yards, held Kirk Cousins at bay, sort of similarly did the same thing with Jared Goff. Um, of course, Jared Goff had a lot of help on the run game as well and connected with a lot of big yeah. plays down the field too. I mean, to to predict the Panthers-Dolphins game beyond saying that the Panthers will lose, it's just difficult. I mean, lose by how many? Wouldn't this be the game, though, in this year, the way things are going, it, you know, they go down and Bryce throws the touchdown in the game with five seconds left. Yeah, uh, that is exactly what's going to happen. And I'm going to eat these words or whatever, whatever kind of cliche you can do. I'm going to eat these. But I, as as a person who has witnessed pretty much every single move and every single game and every single practice that this team has, you know, done this mm-hmm. year, I, I don't think I can responsibly predict that they get their first win. You know what I'm saying? We have to responsibly predict. <laughs> Let's talk about some good news for the Panthers. Uh, potentially, Austin Corbett might come back after the bye week. He's, you know, uh, Mike Case said he was the team's best player last year. Obviously, the offensive line needs some help. The running game needs some help. If he can come back and play and be 95% of what he was, would that help a lot? That would help a bunch. Um, like Mike said, he was among the best offensive players on this team last year. Brings a lot of stability. Not to say that he isn't a leader at the moment. Just because mm-hmm. he's not playing in between the tackles doesn't mean that he isn't impacting this this unit. That he isn't, you know, um, with them in spirit and still not being and still being a leader and stuff. He is doing all those things. But when you bring him on, then you can potentially move. You can potentially use other guys and say okay where should i where does cade mays fit into all this now Mm -hmm. where does zavala fit into all this now assuming that he is ready and healthy when Mm -hmm. corbett comes back do we move corbett to the left guard position and do we keep zavala on the right because zavala played really well at right guard in his Mm -hmm. uh, rookie debut against the falcons Mm -hmm. so with corbett you just get another option and you just get another piece that and you know that Panthers can kind of experiment with and change, and change for this offense in any capacity is good. Your colleague, your colleague Scott Fowler, wrote an article the other day and uh, asked, "Could the Panthers go zero and seventeen? 
Oh, Langston, I was dreading this question. Do you do you share his potential opinion that they'll set an NFL record for futility? I do not. And I did say your colleague, Scott Bell. No, he's yours too. He's been yours forever. <laughs> um, I, I saw that headline and I was like, all right, let's see. Let's just lay back and uh, eat some popcorn and see what fans how fans respond to this one. No, but in short, I don't think that the Panthers will go 0-17. And in fairness, Scott didn't. Scott thinks that the Panthers will find a way to win a game or two or three or right. four. Um, most teams who start 0-4 average about 4.3 wins a season, mm-hmm. um, at least at least according to data from the past decade of football since 2013. Mm-hmm. So 4.3 wins is possible, um, or four to five wins is possible in the 17-game stretch. They have a couple opportunities kind of coming up after Miami. Houston Texans, maybe. I know they're playing quite well with C.J. Stroud. Stroud is going to be really pumped up to play Carolina. Y'all did yeah. I'm going to show you. <laughs> yeah, probably. But at the same time, I think they have been overachieving at yeah, this no, point yeah. in the NFL season, so maybe they come back to earth. And the Panthers have a bye week to kind of refocus and center on this game. Of course, not to pick on another rookie quarterback who might not even play, but – the Colts are not. Yeah, the yeah, Colts yeah. are on their schedule. The yeah. Bear, they play the Bears against uh, in the Thursday night football spotlight, and of course, the Bears might have impressed everyone with that amazing offensive performance against the Commanders. But mm-hmm. that's a winnable game as well. So coming up in the next five or six games, the Panthers can sneak away with three wins, and we could be having a very different tone talking about them. Is the Cowboys one of those three wins? Are the Cowboys one of those? No, no. the Cowboys aren't. They're, I mean. You saw the Cowboys Sunday night. That Cowboy team. Yes. So, okay. Right. Yeah, but oh, come on. They're playing the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, what are we doing? They're competing for a Super Bowl this year, probably. Brock Purdy hasn't lost as a starting quarterback. I mean, the couple A Cowboys... couple former Panthers out there in San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, including Chris McCaffrey DC. among them. Yeah, including DC. Um, <laughs> let me let me let me uh, give you a Marty McFly question. Put you in the way back. I got this question too. Um, if the Panthers had stayed at number nine, how do you think it would look this year if they had not, you know, traded away the number five receiver in football right now, and and, and stayed at number nine, maybe drafted a defensive tackle, you put uh, Andy Dalton in at quarterback. What, what what do you think would happen? Would it be better off, worse? Well, I think a lot, I mean, specifically your observation about Andy Dalton is interesting. I think Andy came in specifically to mentor Bryce Young. So the real question is, do we give Matt Corral a chance at quarterback? When I say we, I'm speaking as the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, I'm not saying we. Yeah. So, but does the, do the Panthers give Matt Corral a chance at quarterback? That's an interesting kind of question. And also another question that I have to your hypothetical, do the Panthers keep Christian McCaffrey there or like, or are we like considering that the McCaffrey trade is done and that we're shipping him off San Francisco? We're we're, we're including that. Okay. I, I think this could look a lot different and I think fans will take a lot, would have taken a lot more solace in perhaps a one in four, uh, two and three, oh, and five start because you still have that first round draft pick. Yeah, that is the most, that's the most depressing thing about the, about all this is there's no consolation prize at the end of the tunnel. 
no, you're going to enrich Chicago. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, uh, they, you could give them the number one pick in the, the top two picks in the draft. Yeah. Next year. So, that, although, you know, would, would they draft a quarterback at that point? That'd be interesting to see. Yeah. It will be. Well, man, thank you for coming on the show. Um, if you guys are watching on YouTube, make sure you like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. If you're watching on any other social media, make sure you like and subscribe. We'll have Alex back later on to talk more Panthers. And uh, make sure you're reading us on what's the website, Alex? CharlottesObserver.com. There you go. <laughs>